Okay, so if I start recording. Hi, my name's Nick. Yeah, that looks... And this is my voice. That's your voice. The sound that you're hearing right now, that's a noise that's coming out of me, Nick, from my mouth hole. <laughs> We're leaving that in. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, Nick. Let's uh, let's hear let's hear your practice version of this intro. Hi, my name's Nick. <laughs> Perfect. And my name's Billy, and my name's Billy, and my and my name's Billy. And this is Tale Tellers. Here at Tale Tellers, is it? We believe that we believe in the power of stories, and not just to inspire and entertain, but to unite. In a time where it can seem like there's lots of conflict and division, stories are the one thing that can bring people together. Besides, what was that thing I said about skin? You know, something about skin. <laughs> yeah, Stories you, are the ones you, you things delivered it really well. Like having skin that all humans have in common. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you know what? I just so here's what needs to happen. Either I need to write everything down, or I need to write nothing down. I don't think there can be an amendment. <laughs> well, that's good. We're finding that out. Stories have a universal power to inspire, unite, and entertain. Everyone tells stories, and everyone enjoys it. They bring people together, they drive trends and movements and revolution. Yeah, everyone has their own story. What's yours? Ooh, <laughs> I like that. That feels like an intro if we're like receiving stories from people, but still, still, still kind of nice. Well, and it kind of is. You know, that opens it up if we're like, tell us what you yeah. think and tell us your story yeah. about your interaction we'll, we'll with fucking dog movies. What did you think about uh, Homeward Bound one, two, and three? Did there really need to be multiple movies about the same animals escaping the family and, and coming back like days later? How does this family not get, you know, in trouble for animal abuse and neglect? Like, uh, rather so. Are is Homeward Bound a, a trilogy? Too? I believe so, yeah. Well, oh my god. So maybe we found hey, something out just there. Yeah, I just learned something. I... The only thing I really remember from Homeward Bound is my visceral reaction to the dog getting porcupine in the face. Oh yeah, dude, that was the worst. <laughs> that was awful. Oh, you could like oh, that movie came out in '93. Damn. Yeah, I was two yeah. years old when that came out. Wait, are you older than me? Am I older than you? That's not cool. I don't like. Are that. you 28? No, well, almost. Oh, okay. I will be in Christmas Eve. In Christmas Eve. <laughs> Uh, I was born in 92. I thought you were two years older than me, not just like... Wow, I'm older than you. It does not... I feel... I was born in March 92, so you're four months older than me? I guess it's just because you're taller that I feel like you're older. Am I taller? Oh, yeah, for sure. How tall are what you? Is, uh, right at six foot. You're at six foot? Yeah, you're taller than me. I'm fucking 5'9", dude. No, I remember you being taller than that. Maybe I... it's just because you were, you were always in such... Yeah, yeah, I just had such a presence that you were like, this yeah. dude's this dude's yeah. six foot. He's tall, he's shorter than me, but he's six foot for sure. Nick, let's right, let's uh, let's get into you know the uh, the part of the podcast where uh, first of all, hi guests, did we greet them? Did you is that part of your? Oh, intro? are we recording? Are we recording right now? Oh, we've been recording. Yeah. <laughs> hey guests, that part where I talked about Billy's body. If we don't cut that out, <laughs> I don't mind. <laughs> let's just let's just that's not about stories there's that doesn't have anything to do with stories. you can tell a story about it if you yeah so uh 
what's what's our first topic tonight? So uh, the first thing we have to do is get through. Um, let's see, we've got here in our outline that we're literally referencing because it's the first episode. It probably won't even be a first episode, but we're gonna pretend it is. Um, episode zero. Episode zero. Yes, and that yes. can be zero point one, zero point one one. That's the beauty of decimals. We could not <laughs> do this forever. Um, Thanks, Pythagoras. <laughs> Our hero. I wonder if he told any stories. <laughs> Math stories. The worst kind. Uh, um, oh my god. <laughs> Universe, you know what? Universal truth. The story story math problems are the worst. Oh, story. yeah, yeah. Let's just keep a running list of both the best and worst stories. Oh, absolutely. I love that. Yep. So you worst got it going. Stories, worst stories. One, math. <laughs> math stories. <laughs> i wonder if there's ever been like what if there was like one person who was like making those but they were they really hated their job and they just wrote like the most beautiful yeah. fucking story that's just about a dumbass equation but they were just so into it and these kids are like wow i don't i can't even solve this i'm so like what happens next like i wonder if there's one out there that's just like i just googled gorgeous. the best the best math story problem uh-huh nothing really came up but you well, know it's I gotta be out there it's a there's a there's a there's a hidden artist yeah. In the depths of hey, numbers. Uh, math uh, storytellers, if you're listening to this podcast, we want to hear from you. Yeah, Please absolutely. write in at P.O. Box 7881, uh, Chicago, Illinois. That, do you have a P.O. Box already? Are we no, that I, far? I, I, Are we I, I, that good? That's yeah, pretty this intense. Is, yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, what's first on our list of topics? <laughs> first on our list, I guess uh, we I was trying to get to the intro ramble and in so doing did an intro ramble ramble. Intro intro ramble. Anyway. Rambo ramble? Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> we'll have to ask the mathematicians once again. Um, I wanted to start with, uh, you know, just some normal stuff that happened during our day, which, mm, uh, yeah. which for us, um, our shared thing that happened today, I uh, made a little... Made a little oopsie in the group chat. Um, Uh (laughs) This is a good story. Yeah, so um, we were just talking about meeting up in person as a group to do our D&D campaign. Uh, Well, mostly Mm -hmm. it was about breakfast. I started a conversation about breakfast because y'all were texting real fucking early and I woke up to that and I was like, okay, if you're going to, if you're going to fucking talk, if you're going to ask me questions, somebody's making me some eggs. I believe what I said is, just listeners for a little context, we play our, our D&D game remotely because we live in five different states and six different cities. Yes. So uh, I suggested that it would be awesome if we could ever do an in-person game, and I said that probably will never happen unless one of us gets married or something like that. Correct. And I went on to say, well, uh, yeah, that'd be cool if there was any reason for us to, to to come together. But if it turns out to be marriage, I bet it'll be my money's on Ben to get married first. To which um, one of the people in the group responded with oof. Now, yes. oof is generally used <laughs> when something has gone amiss. Someone's, someone's done an oopsie and it's uncomfortable. The degree yes, that of that is millennial and lingo for the, all of our the, older The listeners. only reason I wasn't worried is because I've seen Dan use similar uh, uh, idiosyncratic phrases uh, slightly incorrectly. So I was like, oh. Yeah, I, he says I, yeet a lot. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeet is his favorite one. He does not know what it means, but he says <laughs> it all the time. So I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't super worried. I was like, oh, it probably means Ben's just already married <laughs> what a silly little wholesome mistake i made 
Yeah, so uh, just a little uh, a little more context for our listeners. Here's why this was an oof. Uh, Billy, what you do not know is as soon as you said that, I immediately got a message both from Dan and Taylor saying, hey, you should probably let Billy know. <laughs> and the thing they wanted me to let Billy know was that Ben, my good, good buddy since sixth grade. Well, so so I, this, this D&D game that we're playing, right? It is with mostly people that I like grew up with to some degree. There's so much context and, for my yeah. Yes, yes. And Ben is one of those. I've known him since sixth grade. He got married. He was the first of our group to get married. And last year, his wife kind of got down. And they're most of the way through getting. And you know what? She sucks. And, you know, that's a whole other story. But at the same time, Billy made an oopsie. If that if that audio skipped for the recording as it did for me, uh, that was divorce. Divorce was the big the power word there. Um, oh, did it skip over the power word? Oh, yeah, the punchline um, of the story, man. Yeah, I'm so closer to my mouth. Let me get it mouth. in or around my mouth. Get that way, it doesn't skip again. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so um, from there, you know, it's a group chat, mm-hmm. and it's a group mm-hmm. chat of men. Mm-hmm. So, well, men and and yeah. Uh, so. I don't necessarily feel comfortable just being like, oh, hey, Ben, uh, really sorry about that. I did not mean to, you know, to be very sincere. And mm-hmm. after after we've just made, you know, the, the Curb Your Enthusiasm references. Yeah, they did. Dropped. I think somebody um, did <laughs> say the Curb Your Enthusiasm theme would play right after that moment. Yeah, yeah. a... Uh, a flurry of let's let's get in on this uh sad hilarious situation um mm-hmm. ben came into the chat and um uh, he was talking about other stuff so i i decided you know this is probably i gotta i gotta i gotta somehow apologize to this guy so i messaged oh, no. him on on uh on you know direct message but turns out he's the only person that I'm not Facebook friends with out of this group. <laughs> so it went into the void. Why do you hate Ben so much? He's the one. Every, all of your friends requested me except for him. So yeah, uh, I okay. think he's a beautiful, fun man. I think he's got a problem with me, especially now. No, not Uh-oh. really. Uh-oh. Not really. <laughs> uh, you know what I would like to play in that moment? Beef, beef. Oh, we need a soundboard. Yeah, we need like a soundboard for certain moments like that. Yeah, so I messaged him my sincere apology into the void of messages that no one ever checks because they're from people you don't know and you don't get notified of them. So someday... separate list? Yeah, yeah. I saw one of those. Yeah, I saw one of those I got from Pat like that I hadn't... I didn't look at it for like a week and then it was there. I was like, oh, yeah, I should check on Facebook and there's like requests there. Anyway, I put it there. So Ben's not going to see it until like, I don't know, like three months from now. And he's going to be like, yeah. what were you talking about? Basically. Uh, and then it'll come up again. Yeah, exactly. So I just made not only an awkward mess of myself, but I did so in a way that has a lifespan, an unknown continuing yeah. lifespan. So yeah. it was a good time. Wow. What a time. Yeah. What a time we had. <laughs> you know, kudos to Billy all around, though, for hopping into a group of people that have known each other for quite a while. Billy and I have also known each other for quite a while, but he, I mean, you haven't met like any of my other friends, right? You met my mom. I <laughs> met your mom. In Italy. Your, your best friend, your mother. Yeah. My, my good, good, sweet mother. <laughs> I, met, I met her. We had car adventures. I remember that. Car. Oh, yeah. Were you with us when we were trying to park that car? Yeah, that you rented yeah it was because... a nightmare. 
because there was a train strike in Rome when she landed to come visit. Oh, Billy is that why? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yep. There was a train strike when she landed in Rome. I had gone there to meet her. We were like, that. that's the thing about my mother. She will boldly say fuck it at the drop of a hat. <laughs> and we had a train strike. And, you know, the option was like, oh, we'll stay in Rome another day. And she's like, no, we're planning <laughs> on going back to Perugia, Italy today. <laughs> Go rent a car in Italy. Nick, speak Italian to this man. <laughs> Italian. That's good stuff. Good I, I, good I, you know, I appreciate her. I don't know. Her. Here, let me tell a short story about my mother. Please. The other day, I, I'm going to pull up these text messages. Billy, I think I may have told you this before. But this yeah, yeah, go ahead. It's a good story. This she text me. It's a good story. My sweet, is that another soundboard cue? Yes, because you did that for mine for the the group chat thing. So. so I had been letting my mother know that I was feeling a little down. You know, going to that going to that good good therapy, getting my brain all sorted out. Yes, and sir. I was just talking to my mom after a little therapy session. I was like, you know, mom, sometimes I get sad, and she was like, oh yeah, you know, me too. So that was good. So then she texts me the next day. This is the motherly nightmare, right? She's just had a good heart to heart with her son about being sad and about how it's okay to be sad. And she's like trying to cheer me up. But then my fish that lives at home with my mother dies. So she texts me and I'm going to read this word for word. So your fish died, dot, 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 bad face crying emoji. <laughs> and yes, this is a second text message. And yes, I cried when I buried him in my flower bed. <laughs> so I turned to retail therapy to console myself and ordered you a new desk chair. It'll be there Monday. <laughs> I'm sitting in it now. It was there on Sunday. Oh, whoa. That's like full circle for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a full circle story. You got the beginning, the middle, and the end. Awesome. Good old Lisa. Yeah, not that chair. Now, so this chair must be, I, I, I hope you've named it after your fish. Man, I didn't name the fish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's a thing. That's probably, you know what, we can probably relate this to stories in some kind of tangential way. Yeah. Do you ever know, have you ever known anyone that named their car? Yeah, definitely. What's up with that? Oh, I don't know. People, I, I, it's interesting from my point of view, especially because I've never owned a car. Um, so people's relationship with their cars is very interesting to me because it's halfway yeah. between like a an object you own and a home. Yeah. It seems like emotionally. Yeah, right. A lot and of people I'm use it, and you see the end of the spectrum more towards my car as a tool. Yes, that I use to accomplish tasks. And often, is, go ahead. Yeah, just not how some people feel. Some people are yeah, you know, really about really about their cars. And you can, I, if you pay attention, I guess it, it might be harder to see, but for me, it's, uh, I just notice because it's weird to me. There's a lot of moments in stories that, uh, especially on uh, television, where somebody's car is basically their escape from the world. It's where mm. uh, points of conflict and emotion happen because we don't really, in the modern day, have like, unless you live out in the country, right? You don't have anywhere to just fucking scream and let yeah, out your right. terrible emotions. And cars are kind of that place. Yeah, cars for a lot of people are that one place where you can find Right, because your home might have like the family there. You don't want to, you're either that's who you're fighting with or that's who you don't want to upset. And a car is like the one place that's yours and yours alone. And you can go there and just, you can go, right? It's so romantic in a way. It's just yeah. like, you can you know go what? wherever I... you want and feel whatever you want to feel. Cause it's yours. You're alone and you're in it and boom. 
I, I don't do that a whole lot anymore, probably because I'm in Chicago and you can't just like drive and just drive mm. in the direction because you're just like constantly waiting for pedestrians to cross the street. Right. But when I lived in Kansas City, I used to just go. Like I remember my dad and I used to fight, just like, you know, dad son fights, nothing crazy or anything. Mm -hmm. But man, I would get in my 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 shitty old beat up nineteen ninety one Camaro and I would just drive down the country roads and cry. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. And dude. you're right, that's exactly what it was, right? It's like a little escape. Exactly. And now that I'm a little older, I feel like that escape has become my room. Maybe I should name my room. <laughs> you should yeah. name me. That feels so weird, right? Like, no one's ever thought of naming their room. Like, for some reason. You know, here's the weird thing. Yeah. Never named my car. Didn't name my fish. Never named the frogs that lived with the fish. The frogs are also dead. All aquarium, <laughs> All aquarium creatures are deceased. Listen, if if you were wondering about the uh, the outer world of this narr narrative, uh, uh, also dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, also dead. I do, however, have a lovely ponytail palm sitting next to me. I have a real thing for tiny tree-like plants. I'm oh. really into bonsai. I don't have a bonsai plant, but I do have a little ponytail palm. And its name is Patricia. Why I named the plant, but not literal living <laughs> pets? Don't know. Couldn't tell you. Yeah. Uh, you know? That's, that is interesting. It's like, I don't know. It's like the plant is somehow how more you can humanize it more than a fish because the fish is like i don't know have you ever watched a movie and like just like kind of just been chilling there like watching the credits a little bit passively and you see a name flash across and you're like oh that character had a name you ever done that or like on a tv show or anything like that um i probably nothing comes like to mind, i just but... Yeah, I just think it's interesting. Like, there are some TV shows and movies where you make it through the whole thing without realizing a character has a name, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So, like, maybe names aren't that important to the story. Whoa. You know? Like, especially I don't know in a about visual that. medium. Especially in a visual medium. You're not going to talk shit about names in this house. Oh, well, excuse me. <laughs> we have beef. Wait, boop, 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 beef. That'll just play yeah, out time to disagree or something like Perfect. that. Perfect. I love it. Yeah, okay. So, like, I, I mean, like, if you're reading a book, like, the character, well. I'm going to be unfair and reference something that's close to your heart. I okay, ref I'm referencing The Witcher 3 and the story uh, where you're playing with the Baron and you're trying to take care of uh, <gasps> his miscarried oh. child becoming a demon. The reason it became a demon was because names yeah. are seals. Names yeah. are very powerful. And the fact that he didn't name it is what caused the curse to come about. I named thee Dea. And boom, suddenly it's a helpful spirit that helps him find his <laughs> wife and daughter. They don't want they don't want to be found though so yeah, that kind of you sucks you know what but... look i'm i'm never gonna argue that you're de I, i'm not gonna argue that it's like everybody should have a name like you should know your friends and people in your life's name like all that yes like it's rude and dehumanizing if you don't take the time to know someone's name well, I think sure that's, that's about like they were dehumanizing that infant by not taking the time to name it just tossing it in a you know if this baby um <laughs> but like i think they're in visual storytelling especially in shorter form storytelling like tv i think you can still have a pretty deep connection with a character their character arc the story they're telling what they mean for the story and what they can mean to you without ever knowing their name mm -hmm. because you attach to other things right like you 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 recognize them in other ways besides just 
knowing their name. You know, I'll, I'll agree with that if there's intent. If there's intent to have mm. a character be nameless, then that makes sense to me. If you want the connection, and then later on, for some narrative reason, you reveal the name, that's fine with me. If there's... If it's a story that doesn't seem to be doing that, and then later you learn that character had a name, I think that's just poor conveyance. But yeah, otherwise, I definitely fair. see. I definitely see what you're saying. There, I there are absolutely stories where a character being without a name is actually part of what makes the story what it is. I agree with. Yeah. That. Wait. Is there? I, God, I feel like there's got to be a good example. There definitely does. That's something we could have done research yeah, on this if this is, were yeah, if this, this was is, at all I'm gonna, structured. I'm going to do but... some flash research right now. Yeah, Greatest characters with no no name. Thanks, Ranker. We'll fill the time here. Here's what we'll do. Oh! If we, go ahead. Go ahead, figure go ahead. Out. Go ahead. I was just going to pitch an idea uh, was that uh, if we ever need research breaks, I'll just fill it with a little song. I'll make a little song on the side and I'll okay, sing a yeah, song yeah, about yeah. what we're researching. And then I'll like you'll, you'll cut uh, it in after the fact? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, okay. I'll okay. Post. I mean, I could improv it also. Okay. Wow. There's actually some very good examples of this. Perfect. You ready? This yeah. is this. I'm entertained already. Uh, in The Dark Knight, we never find out what the Joker's real name is. Right, yeah, exactly. That's kind of cool. That is operative. Fight, Fight Club, the narrator doesn't have a name. Mm. That's kind of cool. And you know what? I think I think most of because the next one on the list is like V and V for Vendetta. The one after that is M and James Bond. That's and different. Think, That's an alias. Yeah, well, okay, you're right. You're right, you're right, you're right. What I was just thinking is a lot of these, uh, like I think the number one on the list is like... I guess Joker is too. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, yeah, I think there's probably a, a distinction to make there between like them having a, a name that you can reference them, like an alias. But at the same time, I think not providing a name gives them an air of mystery. Exactly. And and it like can really enhance a storyline that, you know, if a, if, if a character has a, an unknown origin or something like that, and, and the story is their presence and the meaning of their presence in the story, that can, I think, add a little bit of weight to it. Yeah. Is you only being able to refer to them by an alias. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, well, if you finished your thought, I, I would like to bring up a subtopic about names. Um, subtopic time. Um, one thing, I don't know why. It doesn't even matter how hard you try. Haha. Um, the, I can't get enough of, tell me right now, you see an iron sword on the ground. What the fuck does it matter? It's just some iron sword, but, if you, if you, if you, I don't know, if somebody gives you that sword and they're like, this is, this is fucking Ragnarok or whatever. You want to, I'm trying to get at, I'm telling mm. it terribly. When a sword has a name, I just yes. think that's the most epic thing on the planet. Yes. I just love swords with names. I name all my swords that I write and I, they all have like, that's where, I don't it's not really where their power comes from. But for me, it's where my inspiration to write them doing cool things comes from. I'm like, yeah, this is that sword that's doing that. And that's why it's important. Yeah, I think a name on a weapon speaks to a history and 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 a presence at important events and and a story. Yeah. You know what I, you know what I mean? If a if a sword has a name, then it's like there's a story about the history of that weapon. Exactly. Yeah. And I love that when that is, story is like sort of untold, you know, it's like it's a part of this current story that you're learning about. But you're like, but what's going on there? Like there's this underlying there's this undercurrent of intrigue that really keeps the reader or the watcher, uh, you know, uh, fucking what's the word I'm looking for? You're in it. You're you're a part of it. Immersed. God, my favorite thing. Immersion. Immersion. I do love immersion. Uh, immersion, I think, needs to be a reoccurring theme in this podcast because. 
it I would love is, that. It is maybe I think I think immersion is a concept that has many faces. Uh, you know, because I think all stories lend a degree of immersion to the people that are listening to the story, and I think it's what makes a good story a good story. If you are taken away for absolutely. Time. Yep. by the narrative of the story 100%. man that is one of the things that i think uh, george rr R. martin did well is naming his the, his swords the valyrians to yes. steel swords oh god like they're so yeah and naming what they came from valyrian steel like that's so that has so much power yeah, like right? that's awesome it's the same as mithril like is, oh my god yes yes that is a great example like it we we almost know nothing about valyrian steel or mithril and like how it's made like we don't need to know any of that we don't need to know any of that we just need to know that this is good ass shit yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) some good ass fantasy shit it's important and that's one of the things i can never hone in on when i'm writing is how do you tell nothing about a thing and everyone thinks it's the most badass thing in the universe like how do you do that that's so fucking cool i love that i love when writers can just like get that across while telling Uh, nothing about it yeah, I've always felt like it, as I write things, I always have this notion that there is some way that I can twist and orient these words in mm-hmm. a way to give the thing that I am talking about more weight than just the words alone would provide. You know what I mean? Like, I think there's, I don't know. You know what I think it is? Um, in the same way that people can tell, like, when you've when you've created something, they can tell if you were like stressed out while you were doing it. They can tell if you were passionate about it. I, I think um, if you have like the backstory written and like with no intent of ever revealing it, but if you mm-hmm. know that there is an epic thing behind the scenes, mm-hmm. then that comes across when you're writing about that thing. I don't know yeah. how, but I think that's how that works. Man, I think that's probably one of the things that divides efficient writers. <laughs> from mm. George R. R. Martin writers is like, I think George R. R. Martin is like a, a very Tolkien-esque writer that like he is literally writing a backstory, a Silmarillion for everything. But like Stephen King, I think he does a good job of writing and giving weight to words and like making you feel like there is a backstory where mm. there isn't one. Purely based on how quickly he turns out books, obviously, but... our age range for this podcast is going to be 12 to 24 and 67 on <laughs> just a huge gap between a 25 gap and yeah. 63 i love that <laughs> I, don't, I, don't. <laughs> I hope you're right that would be the most intriguing like people would write reports about it like yeah. how does this podcast have such an odd demographic poll and now we've stumbled upon how we get notoriety. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There's probably no. Yeah. Anyway, what's what's uh what was that topic? What was the the last thing we intended to talk about before I went off on another yet another tangent? Okay. Uh, let's back up a little. I was talking about swords. You were talking about names of swords, and yeah. then we went Such into cool topic. names uh, of metals and how those are yeah. things, and then we went into how i'm really impressed by my memory right now um and then we went into uh uh, you could remember this much about my dnd seriously right (laughs) good thing all that happened last time is we fought in a church for three hours 
God, I'm I can so remember that. sorry. <laughs> listeners, listeners I, I'm a bad DM. <laughs> we literally had a game where we just had one fight with one dude, and I cut out a bunch of other stuff that they were supposed to fight at the same time, and it still took three hours. Well, also, yeah. I bled everywhere. Oh, yeah, you sure fucking did. <laughs> oh, my God. It was a lot of blood. It's just like yelling at you while you just had your headphones off, showing us blood streaming down your hand. I was like, put pressure on it! (laughs) Honestly, that is just the tiniest little cut. It's insane that it bled that much. Yeah, it was intense. I was like so scared. I was like, holy Christ. Yeah, nope, I'm fine. Um, Uh, Listeners, to be, for Nick to be fair to himself, it started out really cool he improv this entire like bad guy and who the bad guy was going after and it was this yeah it was it was a really cool moment and then um i think the lion's share of the reason it took so long is because we decided to make it a drinking game sort of night and most people (laughs) came in too drunk like yeah, it wasn't like we played a drinking game. Jackbox game yeah, beforehand. everybody got so excited about the drinking they just did it all before the campaign. And when I got around, I was yeah. like, "Hey, let's follow these drinking girls," and they were like, "We can't do that." <laughs> yeah, um, more or less. So I think that's a large part of the reason why it took so long. You had six idiots, just some blindingly drunk, others pretty tipsy, and doing I their have best. Any other to, way? Yeah. Well, there you go. That's nice. Nice wholesome little moment. Oh, that that'll bring us right back around. So here's the thing that I think we were going to talk about. You had been talking about getting into a flow state with writing and like being able to just write forever. Right. Yeah. And I think there is a certain anxiety that wells up in all of us when we're telling a story or writing. And this probably can connect to improv and a million other things. But it's like there's a hurdle you have to get over, right? Where you come up with an idea and Number one, you should always write down that idea because you never know what that idea can be a part of later. But it's just like, it took me a long time. I almost never wrote. Like, Billy, when we first met, I did not write at all. I know, yeah. I was actually really pleasantly surprised to hear how much you love writing now. Like, I had no idea that was a character. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's something I'm super passionate about now. And a part of that is being able to get over that anxiety hump where I have an idea, where I have this thought of, like, this is a cool story, something I could, you know, this is something I could weave into a tale that I could tell. And Absolutely. I think everyone has that anxiety to some degree. Am I right? Oh, definitely. And I think writer's block, right? I think a lot, of, um, a lot of this resonates with me because I will try to get to that point where I'm just flowing and writing and doing something, but then I get caught up in the anxiety of, oh, shit, like, I don't know where this is going and I guess I could make something up now, but what if that doesn't make any sense? Like this can't just be a story that makes no sense. And I'm just making up as I go. Like it has to have some sort of outline or structure. Cause if, yeah, if, I, right. if I just keep writing, then I might be writing myself either into a dead end or into something that makes no sense with where it seemed like it was going in the beginning. And you get so caught up in, 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 in trying to forge the path while you're wondering, well, what if there is a path already and I'm just not seeing it? Uh, or what if there what if i should have like had somebody come through and at least like pave me a dirt road um yeah. before i started laying down asphalt you know but uh yeah i think uh, i think that very much with me at least resonates i'm sure with what is tons it of other what writers. is it about you know you're just telling a story like uh, not necessarily anyone is ever gonna read it you know what i mean yeah. like why why are we our own worst critics in that moment where 
it's like, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's a, a good trait, a trait that we should value in ourselves to a certain degree. Cause it's like, we are, like I said, our own worst critics probably because we care more than anyone else yeah, about I, the result of this story. We want it to mean the thing that we intend for it to mean. Right. Yeah. There are multiple, I think there are two fronts to that for a lot of people. Um, the first one being not to get too political, but it's going to happen. Um, do it, uh, do it. There's gotta be a soundboard thing for the political stuff too. We'll think of that later. Do it. Um, um, <laughs> capitalism makes us believe that our uh, time oh, isn't yes. worth anything unless we're being profitably productive. So if you're writing a yes. story, I think there is sort of an, uh, a societally born anxiety that tells you that if what you're writing isn't great, then you're wasting your time. You're not becoming a better artist. You're not, you're going to, you're going to die starving, like trying to make something happen with your dreams and you suck and you'll never be profitable. And there's so many people doing what you're doing and ah, it's this huge thing. Um, Yeah, that's very true. Like I, I like to think I'm a good socialist and I just write because I think it's fun. But in the back of my mind, I do have this dream of like opening up a bar where there's like all these like, tabletops in their own separate rooms in the back and people can rent them every night and i'll have d and or i'll have like a dungeon masters and game masters on staff that have these stories that i've written or like modules from D, whatever like they'll just have stories ready to go and they'll tell those stories and they'll run people through these games at a cool bar that i own and make money from but like that's not the i i do think i'm a good socialist because most of the time when i'm writing i'm just thinking am i doing this story justice because so many times i have this i have this idea in my head right and i think this is going to come back around to the weight that words carry and a lot of the time that story in my head means something not just in a literal sense but in like kind of like a gut reaction sense like i want people when they read this to feel the feeling i'm feeling and that's I mean, yes, absolutely. that's like all stories, right? Like that's the goal of stories is to make want. people feel the feeling that you felt when you thought of the story. And, and, and that's the, that is the thing that I think gives me the most anxiety in my writing because I am almost in a way a little desperate to feel like I can convey the feeling that I, you know, the feeling that I feel when I'm writing this story down. And I think it started with me because I, I, I deal a lot with anxiety and depression and so much of the time I've wanted to ask for help from people, but I have invalidated that desire to ask for help because I've told myself, you're not going to do a good enough job explaining it. Oh. People aren't going to understand. You know what I mean? And that, that just comes back to stories for me. I like to be able to. Yeah. Cause if they don't know how you're really feeling, then they're not going to be able to give you. Yes. You know, yes. Right I had many people in my life when I was a young man that did not, I don't, I don't think they quite heard me. And that always hurts saying. more and turns you yes, off from exactly. opening up. Exactly. And, and that's, I mean, you know, again, we can talk about all stories in that way. Like it can be extremely discouraging if you fail to convey the story in a way that, you know, in the way you intended, it can be really painful, but you know, that's what, that's what drafts are for. That's what editors are for. That's what friends are for that read your stuff. Very true. Ah. <sighs> Yeah, I think you have a, you have a lot of answers to your own questions here, and I like that. That's... Sorry, I should include you more. Tell me, no, tell me not at all. Answer, no, you are you are doing great. I I love when so, you get on a roll like that. Uh, Billy, I have two tell points. Me your answer. I don't know if I have an answer to that. Uh, I have two points though. First point, 
Uh, Nick's Tabletop Paradise Bar and Grill. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to start like a little savings funds to sort of go towards that at some point God, because that's that a great be idea um, and would be a fucking joy. You know run. what? I kind of just imagine that I could uh, like get college theater students that want to moonlight and make, you know, Ooh. Work I could get them to be the DMs. Dude. <laughs> I know. I know. It's a fun idea. This is so much more developed than any of my crazy, like, I wish I could do this ideas. That was, that's really good. I mean, there's, no, uh, there's nothing developed. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. My second point is, do you ever get fucking haunted by these? You, you were talking about trying to convey emotions. Do you get haunted by these little pieces of a story? Like two characters talking in a windowsill and you know they're close because of this. And this one sentence that came to your head just like made you feel so like enveloped yeah. in a world. And you're like, what? I, I want people to feel that this I'm feeling it right now. It's really cool. How do I, what the fuck? And then you can't write a story around it to make that moment happen or like mean something yes. like, isn't that <laughs> like the worst? That's all. That's <laughs> no, it's, I mean, it is awesome. I love those moments, but then I can't like develop it. And I feel so like blue balled, you know, by myself. When you wait, say say that a different way. Why do you feel blue balled? Like Be, when you, because I come up with that moment and then I can't build a story around it to make like I can write down what I experienced in my head, but it doesn't hold any weight because in my head, like when that moment's happening, there's already a world there. Like there's stuff going on, and like yeah, and it has weight because yes. it's playing in my head like a dream, and and dreams just sort of you feel the emotion of the moment, even if you don't know where you are or what's going on. Like you were just there, yeah. and you're feeling it, and that's what it is when those bits of inspiration come to me. And when I try to write it down, if I just write that moment, it doesn't have that weight I, I would have to write out like what happens around it to make that emotion like come out of that sentence or scene or whatever played in my head yes so here here's the thing we, let's try this on billy let's try this on for i sense. listen to a podcast uh it's called the adventure zone have you heard of it uh you've told me about it and i have I believe i have uh that's fine they did <laughs> a little just like a little mini five-part series just like a little mini story that they did uh it was like a fantasy old west crossover that was very cool mm. and the three players were uh just trying to solve a crime they were like the sheriffs of the town um except uh one of them was a ghost one of them was a half transformed werewolf and the other one a anyway anyway the ghost character right he's he's the one that's important uh augustus parsons was his name in this story mm -hmm. and in this story They've come to the climax, right, of the story. And uh, this is not the main adventure zone. So, uh, okay. Billy, I don't think you're going to, I don't think I'm going to spoil too much for you here. But, yeah, listeners, sure. this is about to have spoilers. Be woo wee woo, spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> so, there's a suspect, right? Dylan. His name's Dylan. The whole town thinks he's the one that committed the murder of Jeremiah Blackwell. And it Great gets name. to the climax. And, the, yeah, right. And it gets to the climax. And our protagonists have realized Dylan didn't do the murder he's not the one that killed him but he's refusing to say because he's protecting someone so i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna do his i'm gonna do his voice and i'm gonna read you this quote because this moment took me away and billy i have quoted it to you many times before and i just want you to know where it comes from now perfect so this is augustus parsons he is a ghost who is still a part of the uh, living world and he says to uh in, in trying to convince dylan to help them he says 
one of the main things we find funny over here is when human beings on the mortal coil believe they have time to punish themselves for things that are not their fault. And you don't. Trust me. I've been over here for a while and I've seen enough of the mortal world and the spectral world to know that your time is fleeting. Your time, in fact, may be more fleeting than most. You do not have the moments to continue to flagellate yourself for this crime that you are not the perpetrator. Now, what is the antidote to despair? Well, my friend, it is action. And that what we are trying to take on your behalf and on behalf of those you care about. So we will ask you one last time. Dylan, who killed Jeremiah Blackwell? Oh, the antidote to despair part gets me every time. Yeah. And this is improv. This this podcast. That was improv? improv? Yeah, that was wow. improv. That was, yep. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that good? That and it was impressive. it was like no stutters, like that's uh, Justin McElroy that did that line, and he is he is he's too pure for this world. I highly recommend you listen to all of, his, all of his podcasts. They're they're fantastic. I know, yeah, I right? knew it was going to be that line. I knew you were referencing. <laughs> <laughs> How did you know? Because that's the one you that really affected me when you said that. Like I, I built a lot of I built a lot of strength off of you telling me that. Yeah, listeners, I I assume we're going to talk a lot about depression anxiety and the like on this podcast it's certainly something that i've struggled with a lot and i just recently went through a pretty strong bout of that and that that line right there that is that is very real to me what is the antidote to despair action no matter how shitty you're feeling no matter how much time you've spent in your bed that week no matter how many meals you've missed the one thing you can do is just go on a little walk Throw a little laundry in, do two push-ups, <laughs> anything, whatever exactly. gets you going. Just, just a little bit, just a little bit. Yeah, that's all I was I, gonna add. Is that is that even? It's it's all about. It's not. I mean, action sounds big when you say it like that, right? Because it sounds so fucking cool in that <laughs> quote. First of all, but second, just as in a general sense, like action sounds like a like an ordeal, but it it doesn't have to be. Like small baby steps are still action. That is the path it does help you a lot on the path towards healing whatever it is you're yeah. dealing with like those yeah. small steps mean so much like progress is progress like you're making it just anything you can do it's that five it's minute rule right like if you have something that you think you should do but you don't want to do it you're procrastinating it you're too sad to do it just just do it for five minutes that's mm -hmm. all just commit to yourself you'll do it for five minutes and then you'll surprise yourself by doing it for like an hour more often than not very true. Action. And uh, if we were really good podcasters, we would circle this back around to names since it's the theme of the episode. But I, I got Oh, wow. How would we get to there from here? Yeah. Well, you know what? I, I can at least circle it back to what happened before the podcast, which was that uh, you were scared you couldn't do this for five minutes. Uh, guess how many minutes we've been doing this? How many minutes have we been doing this? 57. Holy! So... Well, I guess we should start to wrap it up then, huh? Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll start to wrap it up here. Um, How do we close? Oh, great question. I mean, I, I think we've... Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got, we've got some great things to revisit. We've got math story problems. That was great. 
Yeah. Uh, we've, we've got weight of words to revisit. Why uh, I took a Billy note on that one. So that one needs a little, a little bit of you peppered in there. I know that, but you wanted to revisit that. The, yeah, the, that's fine. Oh, cause like, ar- like Arbiter and stuff, right? That's what you meant? Yeah. Yeah. The weight of words, the weight of names. Yeah. 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 yeah and I'm sure there's more on names we could do. Um, but next time, uh, I can let you. I can let you guys know if Ben ever responded to my Facebook message. Um, and I'm sure the people are waiting with bated breath. Yeah, I would be. I am honestly, but I mean, it's fun if he doesn't. I mean, the longer it goes on and he doesn't answer it, the funnier it becomes when he finally sees it. Yes. Um, so, listeners, we look forward to circling back around with you uh, on our hundredth episode to let you know when Ben has replied. Dude, big things are gonna happen. Hundredth episode, we're gonna get some 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 so, some Ben closure. We're gonna get some, uh, and we'll no. give you a really good name of a sword. Episode one hundred. One of us yeah. is gonna own yeah. a sword, and it'll have a great name that we came up with on our own. Yes. That is our one hundred uh, episode promise that we're making. Uh, uh, I actually do own a sword, and it has a name uh, uh, on the hilt. It it, it is named uh, Made in Kazakhstan. <laughs> <laughs> you know, not the not the worst sword name I've ever heard. Yeah. Uh huh. Anyway. Anyway, <laughs> listeners, this has been Tale Teller. Is it Tale Teller or Tale Teller? <laughs> <laughs> You did, you did, you did motion to make it plural in the beginning of this. I found that interesting. Uh, I, I motioned to make it plural. Well, you made you based on your intro it is, but uh, it, it, it was conceived of as singular. But I mean, you know, listeners, go to our Twitter poll right now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> check out check out the Twitter poll. Uh, bring it, bring it. Oh, we got to make a Twitter account, huh? Yeah, we do. Jeez. That's okay. Are Next we sticking time. with Tail Teller? Like, I, you know, what? kind it's of a standing title. For now, consider it a stand-in, but it is growing on me. Listeners, this has been Tale Teller. My name is Nick. And my name is Billy. Thank you, and good night. Good night. (laughs) (laughs) Good work. That's not going to work.